When you find it, please say amen. And it reads, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at, or has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Amen. Pray with me. God, you're awesome. God, we thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Father, your word that shatters, Father, all doubt and unbelief, your word that shatters sin and, Lord, gives a gateway to life and life abundantly. Father, we're recipients of amazing grace today. And, Father, it is our privilege and our honor to stand in your presence on holy ground that we may partake and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so, God, I'm aware of the reality of my frailness. I'm aware of the fact, Lord, that you are the holy God that speaks into the lives of your people. And you have a word for us. And I pray this morning as we talk about the race of faith, that Father, within the context of the new year, that we would have a perspective that will propel us into our destiny, our calling, and our purpose. A year, Father God, where you would be honored and glorified. And the people would have a testimony about what you did in and through their lives. So, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. And I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Thank you. I think one of the ushers is going to bring me a bottle of water, and I do need it. Thank you so very much. This morning, we're going to be talking about the race of faith. And I don't know if some of you may know this, but back in the day, your, your pastor was a sprinter. Uh, I used to run track when I was in high school. And, uh, and I remember the very first race that I ran. And I was running the 200. How many of you know what the 200 is? 200-yard dash, meters, whatever you want to call it. And, and I was a pretty fast guy, believe it or not. And I remember that when I took off my very first 200-yard dash, I took off, and, man, I shot out of the gate. I was really, really fast. And I was in front of everybody, and all I can see was my high school classmates. They were all there, yeah, yeah. And they were jumping and they were screaming. I was, I was way out front. 
I mean, I was kicking on all cylinders. But all of a sudden, I got about where the 100-yard marker was, and <clears throat> suddenly I, I noticed that uh, a guy started, one guy kind of came past me, and then uh, by the time I got the 52 or 3 past me, and by the time I got to the finish line, I was at the end of the race. And so I learned at that particular point that the race is not always to the swift. That when you talk about running, there is a, an art to running. And if you think about those who uh, have run track, how many of you, by the way, have run track, ever run track? If you know you understand form, you understand technique, and depending on the kind of race that you're running, it will determine how you train. So as a sprinter, you train one particular way. And if you're running long distance or a marathon, how many know there's a different way of training? How many marathon runners do we have in the house? I know we have one. So he's going he's gonna to help me preach this morning. Uh, Christianity is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And one of the things that is so important that we understand that is because within the context of running the race, and every believer here, you're in a race. You're not in a race necessarily to try and defeat the next person beside you because marathon runners... Their primary goal, in fact, I was thinking about this, the Boston Marathon usually has somewhere about 40,000 people, I'm guessing, somewhere in that neighborhood that actually uh, run in that race. How many know that 40,000 people, they don't think that they're going to win the marathon, amen? Most people that go into a marathon, their thought process is, I just want to finish. They just want to get in there, they, they've trained, they got their time down, they know what they're wanting to do, and, and so when they get into this thing, their goal is, I want to finish my race. How many know that every believer, every Christian in here, you are in a race? If you don't know it, you are. Not in competition, but God has given each and every one of us an assignment, you have gifts, you have talents, and God has called every one of you to greatness. Now, I know some of you say, I'm not great. No, you need to change the way you think. I mean, no, going into the new year, you need to change that. You are great because you have Christ living down on the inside of you. And so he's given all of us an assignment. He's given us a work to do. Everyone in here must think of themselves as I'm in a race and I'm going to win my race. I'm going to be successful in 2013. You know, it's amazing, but this time of year that uh, pastors, and probably I will take a wild guess, probably 50% or 60% of the pastors today are talking about something regarding the new year. New year declarations. How many of you have made new year declarations already? Oh, some of you already made some new year declarations. And I think it's good to have declarations of faith. I mean, I think it's great to say, you know what, this year I'm going to lose weight. This year I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible more. This year I'm going to pray more. This year I'm going to forget. I think all of those are great. And it's great to have noble goals. But at the same time, here's the thing that we must remember. That although we tell people all the time about, you know, you're having a great year, you're going to have a great year. And 
But we also must tell people that what comes along with that is that you will have challenges and obstacles to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So what happens is people make declarations of faith. The new year comes and all of a sudden what they said they were going to do, they end up not doing. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I would submit that one of the reasons is because it wasn't based in reality or our perspective wasn't shaped right. We didn't really understand that going into this, that, that you know what, you're going to have to struggle sometimes. You're going to, you know, everything is not going to go exactly the way you want it. How I many you know what I'm talking about? How many of you made declarations and you have discovered even this year that things didn't go exactly the way you wanted them to go? Doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean that God is not there. But, but, but what it does mean is that we need to have a God perspective going into 2013. That we need to think differently. And so, and so what I want to do this morning is, before I go into that, let's look at Hebrews chapter number 12. This is our foundational text, Hebrews chapter number 12, and look at verses 1 and 2. And, and the apostle, we, we many believe that the apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. And uh, the apostle Paul kind of talks about this. He said, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what cloud of witnesses is the apostle talking about? Well, if you go back and you look at Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's a lot of talk about great men of faith. We talk about David. We talk about Samson. They talk about Abraham. They talk about Moses. And, and let me say this, that they are considered great men and women of faith. Even Rahab. Anybody know what Rahab was in the Bible? She was a harlot. Even she is named in here. Now, I said that to say this because we must understand that even though these were folk that are considered great men and women of faith, they were not perfect. Amen? They took some hits in life. How many know David was not a perfect man? How many know Samson was not a perfect man? Rahab was not a perfect woman, but they were still considered great men and women of faith. You know why? Because they stayed the course. They did not cow down or back out or fall out of the race simply because it got hard or because they had to face conditions that were unexpected. And I say that because many of you, all of us, we're in a race and you're going to be challenged with different things going into 2013. You're going to have various challenges. Your faith is going to be tested, and the question is, will you maintain an attitude of faith and stay in the race? Now watch, he says here that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, not perfect people, but they were people that stayed on the track. They stayed in the race. He says, now let us lay aside every weight. How many know that those that are serious runners, if you ever see a serious runner, you would know one, right? They're usually the ones that's running in the snow when it's like below like 10 degrees and, and they got no shirt on, right? And, they got, and you're looking at them like, what is wrong with them? How do they do that? Because they are really committed, right? They're committed and they're serious about whatever it is they're doing. But, you know, serious runners, one of the things that they like to do is they dress light. Anybody know why they dress light? 
They don't want anything, any excessive weight on them whatsoever, right? And so when they run, a good runner, they want to be light, and so they take off everything that will slow them down. Even, I mean, even a little hat, I mean, sometimes a, a band, some jerk, they take it all off because they don't want nothing to slow them down. How many of the Bible says we ought to cast off every weight? See, as a Christian, you have a race, and all of us want to be successful in our race. So we need to look at our life, take inventory, and say, is there anything in my life that can potentially slow me down or keep me from having a great race for God? And that's going to depend on every person. So what do we do? We look at our life and we say, Lord, is there anything? Not necessarily sin. Sin is the obvious thing. But we're talking about weights. Those things in our lives that may not necessarily be sin, but they just kind of, they, they hold us back. They, they hold us back from having good families and good homes, being focused. How many know that as a Christian, you are your soldier in a battle? You're in a battle. You need to think of it in those terms. And so the apostle, he warns us, he says, now we need to cast aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. Sin. How many know sin destroys? Sin will knock you off of the track. Sin will get you off course real quick. So the Bible says what we need to do is we need to cast aside weights and sin. Watch this. And we need to run the race of endurance. A race of endurance. Paul is speaking there when he talks about the race of endurance. He's speaking about the fact that it is a long race. It is a long race. How many know your Christian life will be full of ups and downs? It will be full of peaks and valleys. It will be full, I mean, of all those things. And if people don't process that right, they'll fall, they'll draw back on God. And they will fall out of the race. How many of you known people like that? Follow God for a little while, all of a sudden you don't see them no more. Because probably in a lot of cases, not every case, their perspective wasn't right. They didn't understand that it is a process. It's a marathon. And in a marathon, we train differently. It takes time. In a marathon, you're going to have peaks and valleys. In fact, I want to use the analogy of a marathon runner. As you know, those who run marathons, how many know the, how many miles is a marathon? How many know that? 26 point who? <laughs> That's somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, I, said, I said to him at the beginning of the service, I said, uh, uh, I said, everything your pastor would know about marathons, he will hear or it will be told him because he ain't running one. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, unless the Lord really shake me up and speak to me, he would really have to shake me up in profound ways. But I want to use the analogy of a marathon runner and how it compares with Christianity. Because all of us are running a very long race. And so let's, using that analogy, I got seven things I want to share with you in relation to a marathon runner and Christianity. Number one, marathon runners do face distractions, right? They face distractions. They, like everybody else, how many know they have to be very, very regimented in what they do? And just like you, they probably, when, when everybody else is sitting back relaxing and eating ice cream, how I many know they might be tempted to want to stay back and eat ice cream? And everybody else that can get, uh, sleep in late, 
How many know marathon runners, when they're training, they have to be disciplined? They have to be, they have to be, they have to say, you know what, I, I'm going to do this. And even though people are sleeping in late, even though my buddies and my friends are eating all this ice cream, I can't do that because I have a race to run. You see, you got to understand it as a Christian that, that you're going to be distracted. Amen. The enemy is always going to be trying to throw, throw distraction in your way. It's going to come in way of people. It's going to come in way of activities. But you and I must remember that we are running a race and we must remain focused. In, in that passage in Hebrews, it talks about that we are to be looking unto Jesus. And that is so important because when you're going through life problems, the thing that helps you to overcome is that you keep your eyes on Jesus. And we say keep your eyes on Jesus. It's not just a, a, a phraseology that we use. But we say that, you know, we keep our eyes on Jesus because we are intent on doing it exactly the way that he wanted to be done. You remember the apostle, right? You remember Peter? You remember Peter when he was walking on the water? He was walking on the water. And he was doing fine until he took his eyes off Jesus, right? He blinked. And when he blinked, he began to sink. You see, when you blink, when you take your eyes off of Jesus for a moment, you are dangerous. You can slip back into your old ways of sin. You can slip back into activities that you said before, I'm not doing anymore. You can find yourself suddenly being drifted back into that if you can get so distracted that you can, be, you can find yourself doing things that you thought that, you know what, I, I have overcome this. And so as, as Christians running the race, understand you will be distracted. The Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And how many know that he's going to send somebody away to try to get you out of the race? Even if you've been saved for a long time, how many know the enemy will still want to try to get you off the race? He want to get you out of the race. He want to pull you off the track. And he will, he's going to be always on the sideline saying, hey, come over here. Why are you doing that? Why are you, won't you just come over here? But just like that marathon runner, you got to be focused. You got to be disciplined to make sure that you don't allow yourself to be distracted from the thing that God's called you to do. Number two, a marathon runners, they face the temptation sometimes to run too fast. Or as I would say, too fast out of the gate. Now, it's interesting that when you talk about a runner, a marathon runner, and, and, and I, I, I spoke with a lady last night who I used to work with, and she runs like uh, once or twice a year, she runs the 100-mile marathon, and then she does like four other ones, the, the regular marathon. So, so I had to get all my information from her. And so, and so one, of the, one of the things that happen to marathon runners there sometimes is that when they all gather together, sometimes they are tempted to try to run outside of, who they're supposed to be or what their training regimen is. And so, and they try to keep up with the next guy. Let's say the brother Jacob is a regular marathon runner, right? And let's say he's, he's really, really fast. But, you know, I ain't brother Jacobs. I'm 47. He's like 15, right? Something like that. <laughs> See, I'm not brother Jacobs. So I understand that when I'm running my race, I can't try to keep up with brother Jacobs. Because then what will happen is I'll end up getting myself in trouble. You see, as a Christian, watch this, you, God has given every one of us a particular way in which he wants us to function in our lives. There's a calling on your life. There's a race. Your race is specific and tailor-made to you. 
whatever your gift is. That's your race. You see, if you want to hear, if you want to hear T.D. Jakes preach, go listen to him on TV because you're going to hear him here because I can't preach like T.D. Jakes. I ain't going to try to preach like T.D. Jakes. All right? Because he has a way in which he does things, and I have a way in which I do it. And look at your neighbor and say, stay in your lane. And you want to always make sure, watch this, that you keep pace. Watch this, with God. See, I, see, here's the thing. Sometimes Christians come out of the gate, especially young believers, they come out real, real fast because they believe they're supposed to have everything now, quick, fast, and in a hurry, and then they get ahead of God. And how many know when we get ahead of God, that's when we get in trouble? See, we must learn how to wait on God. And one of the things that will get you in trouble more than anything else is operating outside of the will of God. How many know the devil will zap your energy real quick? And so the thing that we must recognize is that we want to keep pace with God. We don't want to, listen, we're not trying to compare ourselves with other believers. I'm going to try to do it like brother so-and-so. Listen, we're going to read the Bible, and we're going to do it the way God has spoken to us. Amen? We're going to follow his regiment and what he wants us to do. I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. Amen? There's only one, see, see, you're an original, amen? And every, the problem is people are originals, but they're always trying to be copies. You are an original. Be you in Jesus' name. Be you as what God has called you to be. Don't try to be everybody else, and don't try to do it like the next person. Just be you and be comfortable with that as long as you is not sinful. Amen. I didn't get a hard amen on that. Number three, marathon runners sometimes face unfavorable conditions. You know, sometimes they're running marathons. I mean, something, you know, you know, they don't lot, they have no control over the weather, right? I mean, sometimes the weather is like really hot. Sometimes it's super duper hot. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes when they're running, they have to deal with potholes in the road. Sometimes they have to deal with people just kind of cutting them off. You ever seen people run marathons, people just get in the way, people who don't know how to, the people who don't run, they're just there to just kind of look. Sometimes they get in the way, and you had to navigate your way through all of that. See, see, sometimes they have to adjust to the conditions, right? They have to adjust. How many know that as a Christian, you got to adjust to the conditions? Watch. So you're going into 2013, and you're believing God for something, whatever it is. And nine times out of ten, things will probably not go exactly like you want it to go. And that's a good thing in some cases. You may not understand that now, but you'll understand that later. Because you don't always know what's best for you. God knows what's best for you. And so what, what marathon runners do is that they adjust according to the conditions. They adjust. How many know that as a believer, as Christians, I mean, some of us are, bat listen, you, you, some of us are battling financial hardship, personal illness, relational problems. We have all these kinds of issues, right, that we're dealing with. And so you got to learn how to adjust. And the whole point of it is, is that you want to stay on track. Because here's what happened. When people are running the race of faith and, and, they, and they run into trouble, or they run into some very, very difficult conditions, here's what happens. They fall back, some of them. They say, well, you know what? I tried this thing. It's not working for me. Pastor said, read the word. I'm reading the word. It ain't working for me. Because, because we, we look at the situation and we look at the conditions and we think that this is not supposed to be a part of the equation. Can I say something to you that is 
heart-limited obstacles and challenges is par for the course. People don't want to tell you that, but it's true. Show me a marathon runner who runs who don't face opposition. They face opposition. Show me a Christian that don't face opposition. Read your Bible. How many of them have faced some major oppositions, but yet they maintain their faithfulness? They stayed the course. And so you're going to so understand in 2013, there are going to be some conditions. There are going to be some things that you, that, that you won't see coming. That's not, that's not time for you to say, oh, oh, what, you know, you know I, oh, gosh, how did, why is this happening to me? The Bible says, think it not strange concerning those who are going through, concerning your fiery trial that has come to test you. Why does the Bible say, think it not strange? Because life is full of surprises, right? Life is full of surprises. I'm just telling you the truth. Y'all want to hear the truth, and you just want me to tell you how good it's going to be. You want to, which way? You pick your pick. I want, to give you the, I want to give you a healthy dosage, right? And so understand, going into 2013, that, that you're going to have things come at you. But let, let me tell you something. But there are also going to be good surprises, right? And there will be some of those surprises that will be not so good. But the question is that you got to stay the course and remember that I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and I'm still running the race. All right? I'm, I'm not going to draw back be, because I, I didn't expect this storm, but you know what? Storms come. And you know what? Storms will go. And you got to believe that sooner or later, I, me and my wife have a motto, this too shall pass. And you got to believe that. So in 2013, so, so you're here here first, so I don't want you to be surprised. Well, I thought that this year was going to be my year. What do you mean when you thought it was going to be your year? I hear people say that. This is going to be my year. Okay, it's good. It's going to be your year. But it should be your year no matter what happens. Amen. It's your year. Because God is in control. And if God is in control, my responsibility is to keep living and keep walking just as he wants me to walk and to stay in the race. Look at the name says stay in the race. Amen. Stay on course. Don't quit just because it gets hard. Don't quit when you find yourself in a situation that you thought, man, where did this come from? Just bear down and say, you know what? I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay faithful. Next one. Which, num which number are we? Number four. Marathon runners face dehydration. How many of you ever have been, have been, how many of you have ever been dehydrated? It's a bad feeling, right? That's a terrible feeling. I've had that experience. You don't want to be there. And so one of the things you see these marathon runners do is, what do they have with them a lot of times? Boy, they have a lot of water, don't they? They make sure they get, I mean, every time they're running, man, and they'll be, they, they, they throw the bottle down, and they, they got, I mean, they're drinking all that. They have to stay hydrated. Because if they don't stay hydrated, they'll end up falling out of the race. They'll get sick, and they won't be able to finish. Right? How many know that you can be spiritually dehydrated? So as a Christian, you and I must maintain our hydration. How do we stay hydrated as believers? Well, we stay hydrated as believers, as Jesus said it in John chapter 15. Remember, he talked about abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. You are the branch. He says, if you abide in me, you will, bear, you will bring much fruit. In other words, you're going to be fruitful as long as you stay in the vine. So here's the thing about it. Here's what's important. You cannot, you, I want you to hear me. Please hear me. You cannot have a successful Christian life as God sees it 
if you are not staying connected with him. And when I say connect with him, I'm not just saying, just going around saying I'm a Christian. I mean, you know, uh, 85 to 90% of the people in America say that they're Christian. Did you see the fruit of that? No. Right? So when we talk about staying connected with Jesus, we're saying that, that on a regular basis that we're feeding our soul with his word, we're feeding our souls in prayer, we're feeding our souls by communicating with him on a regular basis. Why is that important? Because when you do, he feeds you. That's why Jesus, you remember Jesus himself, Jesus, as, as, as powerful as he was, what we fail to recognize is that is that Jesus spent a lot of time, he would get up early in the morning and he made sure to replenish his soul. And I always know when I'm getting spiritually dehydrated. And, and the, the minute that I feel like I'm getting spiritually dehydrated, you know the first thing I do? I, I just get before the Lord, I cut the TV off, I may take a day, I may take two days, I need to do whatever I need to do to, to make sure that I'm replenished. But how many know that, that if, you, if you get to the point where you're dehydrated, and you're trying to drink water, you're a little bit late. See, you want to keep yourself connected with God, feeding from the things of God, replenishing your soul before you get there so that you won't get dehydrated spiritually. And so whose responsibility is it to stay spiritually dehydrated or hydrated? Ours. So... So what we want to do is we got to look in our life and say, am I making sure that I'm filling my soul and my mind? Am I standing in his presence? Am I listening to his word? And am I obeying what he's saying? Amen? Because as we said before, if you're not obeying what he's saying, boy, let me tell you something that will zap you quick. You can't, you can't wrestle. You can't outfight God. If God said go this way and you say I'm going this way, how do you know that's a fight you ain't going to win? Uh, you ain't going to win that fight, so let pastor spare you. So you don't want to do that. Number five, right? Sometimes in a, mar a marathon runners, watch this. Brother, brother, you can help me back there, but sometimes they fall down. Amen? How many of you ever watch the marathon runners sometime, and every now and then somebody trip them up, or they just stumble and they fall down? And, and I've seen it to a point, and, it, and, it's, and so, it's, so, it's a beautiful picture of what I think Christianity really should be, is that I've seen them to a point when they fall down, that, that man, that I've seen people off the people who ain't even running the race sometimes, and then the people that are running, they'll get they'll grab their arm, and they will help them. So come on, let's, let's, let's make it. Let's stay. We're going to make it through this thing. Amen? Come on. And, 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 you know, and they fall down, right? Sometimes marathon, how many know in your walk with God, you're going to fall sometimes? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say something that you never should have said, and you're going to be like, why did I say that? 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 Right? You're going to do something stupid. You know, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I know better. Why, God, did I do that? But that's not a time to just quit and say, well, you know what? God just blew it, and, you know, I just made a bad choice. You know, I fell down. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but they do what? They get right back up. So when you fall, when you do something that you shouldn't have done, now the best way to deal with that is don't do stuff you shouldn't do. But, okay? So let's, let's, let's just get that clear. Let's, be, let's live right. But if you find yourself tripping, if you find yourself slipping, then here's what, how many know God is for you? God is for you when you're doing well, and God is doing for you when you God is for you when you're not doing so well. 
Aren't you glad that God don't just kick you to the curb when you blow it? Aren't you glad that when you make a, you make a bad choice, God don't just say, God's not sitting up there saying, oh, 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 you did that? Oh, I'm done. Don't talk to me. Y'all better be glad I ain't God. I'm glad you ain't God either. <laughs> but God is merciful. Amen. So when we fall, here's what we do. You fall down. In 2013, you fall down. You dust off your knees. Amen. And you get back up and you confess your sin. You repent and you keep what? You keep moving. Marathon, look, a good marathon, when they fall down, they, they work too hard. They put in too many hours, amen? They ain't going to walk away from this thing. How many know you work too hard in this thing? You've been, you've, been, you've been serving the purposes of God. You've been making a difference. I'm not going to let a little slip up keep me down. Look, you better be a fighter. How many know David was a fighter? Come on, what is that? David, David, the Bible, God said that David was a man after my own heart. How can David be a man after my own heart after what he did? David, because he said, Lord, I'm the one. I'm guilty. God, cleanse me. Make me right. Restore me. And God did it. And today we talk about the throne of David. Why? Because these men, they, they fought and, and they were in the race and they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They fell down. They got back up. Every time you fall, get back up. And brother and sister, when you see a brother and sister fall, don't go to, look, don't help them stay down. I mean, sometimes Christians, we shoot our wounded. We're really, we're really good at that. But soon, we always want to see when somebody fall. The next preacher, you know, next, oh, he fell. Oh, what did he do? Oh, woo, he did what? How I many know that we need to be people that when our brother and sister are in trouble, we're going to go help them out. Right. I ain't going to leave you there. Yeah. I ain't gonna leave. Look, just, just be willing to change. Just, just be willing. I'm not going to leave you there. Just, I'm going to help you up out of this. How I many know that we all are supposed to be that way toward one another? Because we're in the race together, right? And so part of it is that I want to make sure Brother Jacobs crossed that line with me. I want to make sure that he makes it. And we want to make sure that we make it together. So we're accountable to each other. We're to help each other. Amen? So watch this. Which number are we? Number six. We only got one more. Watch this. So sometimes marathon runners have a, they're tempted, watch this, to look back. How many of you have ever looked back? <laughs> look at Philippians chapter three. Go to Philippians chapter number three, if you will. I love this verse. For those of you who like to live in the past, I like the song we sung this morning, my past is over. I'm not looking back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you my past is over. How many of you believe that your past is over? The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Amen? You're a new creation. Ain't no time to be looking back. By Jesus says if a man is looking back, he's not fit for the kingdom. Why, why is there a problem with looking back? You ever tried driving your car for an extended period of time looking back? I would tell you to try it, but, but that wouldn't be wise for me to do that. How many know that you, chances are you're going to hit something? Chances are you're going to wreck, you're going to cause some problems, not just hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. So watch. He says, Paul says, how many know the apostle Paul was not a perfect man, right? Paul said, Paul even said about himself. You know what Paul said about himself? I love this about the Bible so much. Paul says, you know what? I am, by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
Because in, in, in 2 Corinthians, there were those that were questioning Paul's apostleship. They were basically saying, you know, you're not really, you know, you're not really who you say you are. You, you're not really supposed to be who do you think you are because Paul would come in every now and then and Paul would have to straighten them out. And so they start questioning Paul. And, and, and Paul's, Paul was like, you know what? Uh, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, I know I don't deserve it. You know I don't deserve it, but God just decided to bless me. And so there, deal with that. You have been gracious. Let me tell you something. When God bless you, you don't owe nobody nothing. You know, when God decided to bless you and give you favor, why did God do that? Well, God just gave you favor. Well, how come you got that? Well, I don't know. Ask him. Check with him. He's the boss. How'd you get that promotion? I should have got it. Well, talk to God. I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it? I know, but still, he gave it to me. So what am I supposed to do? Paul said this. I like what Paul said. Paul says, brethren, in verse number 13 in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I love this. But one thing I do, one thing. He says one thing. He didn't say two or three things I do. He said, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are what? Behind and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says, now, I press. You know, when you're pressing, you know what that means? You're straining, right? You're, you're, having, to, you're having to go through some stuff. How many know that you have to go through some things in life, but you got to press? Some of you right now, you're straining, amen? Some of you say, Pastor, I'm straining. I'm gone beyond. I mean, I got veins popping out of my head. I will say to you, keep pressing. Keep pressing. Amen. Paul says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, one thing I do, I understand that if I'm going to run my race, if I'm going to stay in my lane, if I'm going to have a great 2013, I'm modernizing it then I know that I can't be looking back in the past. How many of you have done some things in the past that you're ashamed about? How many of you have done some things this past year that you're ashamed about? It's a time of new beginnings, ain't it? So here's what he says. After you have confessed your sin and you've repented, amen, then you just need to just let it go. See, it's hard to walk with God, keep doing this. See, you, you, you got to, at some point, you just, you, you got to let go. And, and you got to move forward. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I did. No, I don't. God knows. And if it's under the blood, how many know it's under the blood? So a good, a good marathon runner, when they run, how many of you, you, don't, you see marathon runners running, you don't see them running like this. Right? When you see a marathon running, running, you just see them and they're gone. They, they, most of the time, they ain't looking back. They just, you know, they're, just, they're looking ahead because ain't nothing back there for them. How do you know? Ain't nothing back there. No, the old way of living, ain't nothing back there for you. You already see the evidence of that every day. Amen? You see the evidence of a nation that have rejected God, and it's not pretty. Amen? So I ain't looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm cleaning this thing up, and I'm going to walk holy. I'm going to walk with God. Amen? I'm going to forget the past. It's done. I can't control it. I'm going to run my race. I'm not looking back. It's over. You got to make that declaration. Amen?
Lastly, watch. Now watch this. This is a big one. Sometimes, and some of you know I'm talking about, because I, I, I experience this every time I run, because I hate running. I just confess that, amen? I hate running. But marathon runners face thoughts of quitting. Don't they? I was talking to this marathon runner last night, and I, and I told her, I said, I said you're going to help me? I said, you're going to help me? Because she she, she, she's the same lady to run like the 100 milers. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Do you like think people that run the 100-mile marathons need to have their head examined or something? I mean, what's, to, I get, anyway, okay. So she says to me, here's what she says to me. She says, I said, well, do, do you ever have thoughts of quitting? Oh, she said, yeah. She said, you know, and, and she run about three or four of them a year. She said, I said, really? And then my, you know, one of the questions I had, well, why do you keep running? But, uh, but, but she says, she says, she says to me, yeah, she said, I said, but, 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 I said, so at what point, she said, you know, it's usually right around the 18th mile, they hit what they call a wall, right? They're running, and they hit what they call a wall, and that wall is like, at that point, they're like, you know what, it's hard. I don't know if I want to make it. I mean, and, and that's when all the intense pressure, when all the weight of the race, I mean, it's all culminated at that 18th mile. And, and I said, well, how do, you, how, do you, how do you get past? She said, well, you know what? You, you, she said, I train myself to endure. And I think, watch this, she said, I, I think winning. And, and I began, and I thought, to, I, I, and, and here's what she talked about. She said, you know what keeps me going? And watch this, she didn't realize what she was saying. But you know what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus, the Bible says concerning Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, he endured. See, the thought of her finishing the race and running her race well propelled her to keep going. And so watch. And so how many know as a believer, some, you got to think right? Amen? You, you got you to think right. Some of you are too negative. Some of us, come on, some of us, we think negative. And you know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. So if you think negative, then probably what's going to come out? I mean, if you're out there saying, well, I ain't going to win. I'm going to make it. Then probably what? Paul said this. How many know? I, I like Paul. Y'all like Paul? Paul said this. He says this. I like this. Paul said in uh, Philippians 4, 8. You can just jot it down. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate. Or think on these things. So he's telling you how to think biblically. See, see when people say to me, for Christians, you know, I don't like to use the phrase of positive thinking. I mean, just, I just, that's just my, I like to say biblically thinking, right? Biblically thinking means I think like a winner. The Paul said, I'm to meditate on these things. So, you know what? My thought process is, is not, I, I don't know. Is it, you know, poor me. Nobody care about me. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm just going to see. You know, I don't know, Brother Jacob. It's just, oh, Jay, Brother Dennis, it's, it's terrible. I don't know. Sister Lori, what are you going to, you know, Sister Lori, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I pray, but I see. I don't know. You know, I'm just hoping. I, I, I don't, you know, how many know that, 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 that is, that's not what we want to be? We want to be people say, you know what? I'm going through it. And yes, it's hard. But you know what? I'm coming up out of this. God is going to bring me out of this. I'm going to get victory. You know, Paul said for me, Paul said, if I live Christ, if I die Christ. 
Amen? So, you know, either way, you can't lose. You cannot lose as a believer. You can't lose. And, and so and part of it, part of it is that we got to change the way we think. See, we, some of us grew up in, I grew up in a very negative environment. My mother was extreme. I mean, she would tell you, she would tell you this. And I'm not saying nothing. She would, but my mom, because my mom grew up negative. Her dad and everybody. They was, and so I, I mean, the words that, that were used around me, it was just terrible. And, and I, when I first came to the kingdom, man, I had some people had to sit me down and said, man, you about have crazy. You need to change the way you think. I mean, because I, I mean, it was always, the sky's always falling, you know. And I, and, you know, instead of being a person that quickly identified the positive, I mean, I just go straight to the negative. We're going to take the land. I'd be like, well, can we afford it? Can we do it? I mean, really, we got enough people, you know. And I don't, you know, and so I always negatively, I thought that whenever there was something good, I always thought the negative part of it. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe we can do this. Just if God is with me, I can do it. And so I had to change the way I think. Some of you going into 2013, you got to think differently. It's okay to acknowledge. It's not like, like they used to have this thing called the, uh, the, the faith, I want to say faith healers because I believe God heals. But, but there would be people that be, they would, they would deny they were sick. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ever heard of that? They'd be like coughing, <laughs> snotting, and everything running. And they'd say, I believe in Jesus. I'm not sick. I don't looking at you. I'm like, you sick. Look at you. <laughs> I'm not sick in Jesus' name. I'm like, and they walk around, and that's what they, they confess that. They walk around saying, I ain't sick. I, I don't, you know, if they got, if they got, if they got a bad, I don't, and listen, I'm not saying, we don't deny the reality. We just, we just declare the power of God to bring me out of it. Amen. We don't deny, act like it ain't happening yet. It's hard. It's hard. But I, but, but God. If you don't know how to say anything else, just say, after you finish giving your spiel, say, but God. I got to remember, but God. God is able, and he can bring me up out of this. I'm troubled. This is hard, but he can bring me out. Amen? Lastly, I'm closing. But, but look at this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're closing with this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 24 and 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 21, are you there? Paul said this, do you not know that those who run in a race run all, all run, right? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now watch. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Now watch this. Thus I fight. How many know you're in the fight? Don't see, everybody got to understand that. You're in a fight as a Christian. We're fighting on different levels. There are seasons of challenge. Some of our fights are more intense in a different season, but we're in a fight. But watch what he says. He said, but, verse 27, but I discipline my body and I bring it in subjection. Or some of you got the King James Version, I think it says, I, but I beat my body. Is that right? Who have the King James Version? Is that right? He says, but I beat my body and bring it into subjection. When I, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, Paul used some very violent language there. He says he beat his body. Why would Paul say that he had to beat his body? He says, I beat my body and I make it my slave. I make it obey me. 
You know how Paul said that? Because the biggest challenge and the biggest obstacles that you're going to face in relation to your victory, your goals, your biggest battle is going to be you. You. Your biggest challenge is you. You may say, well, Pastor, how did it be? Jesus says, if any man come out to me, let him first take up his cross, deny, him, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, right? So you're constantly having to beat back you, right? You always want to do things the way you want to do it. And so you're going to be confronted with having to beat back yourself. Paul says, I beat my body. I make it obey and do what God wanted to do. How many of you always like doing what God says? Always. How many of you always? Really, I always like doing what God says. No, I mean, I think inside, if you're saved, you, you rejoice. You love to obey God. But your flesh is like, nope, nope, nope. Especially when it comes to forgiveness. That's a big one, and that's the one that strikes at the core of who we are. And, and you have to beat your flesh and make your flesh say, you know what? And sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you got to beat your flesh. Some of you had to beat your flesh to come to church. Amen? That's a good thing. You got to beat your flesh to make your flesh follow and obey God that because I'm in a race. And I don't have time to be on the sideline, amen? I don't have time to sit back on the sideline and watch everybody else run the race while I just sit back wasting time. How many know what I'm talking about? No, I want to be in the race. And I want to get on the race, and I want to fulfill my destiny, and I want to fulfill my calling. And I'm not going to sit on the sideline. I'm going to meet the challenge that God has given us. Now, Paul said this. He says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. I, I said at the beginning of the message, I said, you're going to have a great 2013, not because everything went your way. It's not why. If, 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 if you're 2013, if, you, if you're basing your... Your great year is going to be, if you're basing on the fact that I'm going to have my way, that's wrong thinking. Paul said, I fought a good fight. Paul said, at the end of the day, I fought. And but things came against me, but you know what? I'm, I stood my ground. And I stayed faithful. And I followed him. And yes, there was a whole lot of things that came up against me, but I succeeded. You know why? Because I'm still standing. I'm still loving. And I'm still serving. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we love you. We thank you so much. God, you called us to run the race. And God, we're in this race. And God, sometimes, Lord God, it, it, it does get hard. And many of my brothers and my sisters, Lord, we are believing you, Lord, for an incredible 2013. And Lord, and we know that it will happen. It will happen, Lord, because we understand that you're in control and that we can't lose. <laughs> we can't lose, Father, because you sit on the throne. And I thank you, Lord God, that our lives will be richer, that our faith will grow deeper, 
our love for you will be stronger. That, uh, that, Lord, we will see things that we've never seen before. In this new year, Lord God, we will see you in ways. Our biggest prayer, Lord, this morning, God, that you will open our eyes to truth. Lord, not how the world defines success. The world defines success a certain way. But the people of God, we define success based on the reality of Christ and what you call success. Because every one of us want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. That is our heart's cry. At the end of the day, Lord, we want to know, we want to be able to say with authority that I kept the faith. I kept it. I was faithful, God. I was faithful even though sometimes I cried, even though sometimes it hurt, even though I didn't like it. Lord, I kept the faith and I stayed faithful. Hallelujah. And because of that, we rejoice. If you listen this morning and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, none of this really makes sense yet until you do that first. You say, Pastor, I, 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 you know, I, I played church, I've gone through the motion, I have not given my life over, I have not submitted my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, we don't ever want to close the service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If you don't know him today as your Lord and Savior, slip your hand up. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how long you've been coming here, but if you know in your heart that you have not surrendered your life to Christ yet, now is the time. He loves you. Is there one to say, Pastor, today I want to know if I die, I want to know I'm going to heaven. I want to know it today, and I'm not sure right now, but today I want to know it. Is there one that will say, I'm, I'm not right with God, I want to get right today. Slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Is there one? Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the victory. I thank you, Father God, for the victory of Jesus, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. I pray that this year, God, that those who are believing you, Lord, for breakthroughs, Lord, I know it's going to happen. But Lord, I pray that our attitude and our perspective is shaped in truth. And that, God, that you would show us yourself. Reveal yourself in the trial. Lord God, and I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, every person, Lord, would stay in the race. No matter what conditions, no matter what they face, that they will stay in the fight, stay in the race, and stay faithful, God. Knowing that in the end, they will receive the prize, the reward. The, uh, the affirmation of you, Lord, is what we're after. Not the affirmation of man. The affirmation of Christ is what we want. God, we love you for that. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.